You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today and wherever you are listening. We hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm going to welcome our online family. Thank you so much for joining us today. And also our Fenwick Island campus. Would you give our Fenwick Island campus a big hand? Thank you guys so much for joining us right now. We're all together in one service and our Rehoboth Church is doing so well as well. So today we're starting a new series and this series is called Under the Gun. And so during this series, over the next four weeks, five weeks uh, in that range, we're going to be talking about what to do when you are under the gun, when you are under pressure and you're dealing with uh, some difficulty. I don't know if you are familiar with that term, under the gun. Uh, There's some different theories about where that axiom came from, that idea, that idiom. uh, Where did under the gun, that phrase, come from? Well, one of the theories is that it came from World War I when the troops were in the trenches and they would come out of the trenches and they would make an advance across no man's land and bullets whizzing around them. And that's where many people believe that the phrase under the gun comes from. But the word or the phrase under the gun has to do with being under pressure to meet deadlines or responsibilities that need to be fulfilled. Now, maybe you've uh, felt like in your life you have been under the gun, under the gun. Sometimes we feel like we're under the gun when we got too many things to do. Our to-do list is too long, and the time we have to fulfill those things are, is too short. And we've been that way before. I know many of you have felt that, like you're under the gun. You've got so much to do uh, in a certain week or a certain uh, quarter that you have to get things done. And you just feel overwhelmed with the responsibility. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit in this series, how to deal with when you feel overwhelmed and you feel like you're under the gun. I've got a good friend uh, from uh, Tyler, Texas, my friend Sammy Fisher, who uh, used to be on staff at a really large church. He was the assistant pastor at this large church, Rose Height uh, Church of God in Tyler, Texas. Big church. And uh, one year for his birthday... Uh, they gave Sammy a box, and when he opened the box, it was full of hats. And in the, this box with all these hats, he pulled the hats out, and each of the hats had a different title on it. Uh, one hat said uh, men's group leader. Another one said administrator. Another hat said counselor. Another hat said, uh, said, uh, said a dad. Another hat said a husband. And all of these hats, there was a whole bunch of hats that represented all the different responsibilities that Sammy had. And maybe you feel like you wear a lot of hats. Maybe you're, you know, you're, you're, maybe you're a single parent and you're, you know, trying to earn enough money, trying to take care of your kids and you're running your kids everywhere. You got a job and you've got responsibility. And so maybe you feel that you've got all these hats to wear. So sometimes we feel under the gun when we've got too much to do and too little time to do it. Sometimes we feel like we're under the gun when we are under a lot of pressure and there's a lot of different things that are going wrong in our life. A lot of different things that are going wrong in our life at the same time. And that's one of the things that I think we, we deal with. We, sometimes we feel like, you know, it's, it's not like we have one problem 
But we have multiple problems at one time. And the Apostle Paul says something like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He talks about his situation when he was in the province of Asia, which was, was in around uh, where the city of Ephesus was. And he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 through 11, he said, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt the sentence of death. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that we will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to our prayers. Now, Paul talks in this uh, passage about being under the gun, being under pressure. He said we were under pressure in the province of Asia far beyond our ability to endure. Have you ever heard anybody say, hey, God will never put more on you than you can bear? Have you ever heard anybody say that? You know, that's the biggest lie there ever was. Because I want to tell you that God constantly puts us in situations that are beyond our ability. You know, one guy said one time, he said, uh, you know, somebody said to him, you know, uh, the Lord's not going to put more on you than you can bear. And then this guy said, you know, I think that he, the Lord must have me mixed up with somebody else because I'm really under it right now. But the Lord constantly puts us in situations that are beyond our scope of energy, strength, or wisdom. And we're constantly in those situations that we have to have, to have his help and his grace. But what I love about this passage is what Paul said. Paul said, we don't want you to be uninformed about the, uh, what the, province, the, trouble, the trouble that we experience in the province of Asia. We don't want you to be uninformed about what we experience in the province of Asia. Now, when you read this text, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, one of the things that you're going to see is that he uses these plural pronouns all the time. He says, we, we, we. He talks about our. He's not talking about I was under pressure. He says we were under pressure. And one of the things that we need to remember when we're going through, a well, going through a hard time is we need to recall that we are not the only ones. We are not the only ones that are going through a hard time. Have you ever felt, ever had one of those poor me parties, you know, that you feel like your life is unique, your life, you're, you've been singled out in the universe for this, in, in this terrible situation, and you were you know, just really feeling sorry for yourself that you're the only one. Paul mentions in this passage that it's we. It's a, it's a collective experience, and what we know about life is, is that pressure, being under the gun, is a universal experience. It's something all of us experience. So you have to remember that when you're going through a hard time, that it's just not you it's just not like your situation. It's not like you've been singled out and you're the one that's you know, going through a hard time and everybody else's life is just grand and wonderful. But your experience is part of the human experience. So Paul said, I don't want you to be uninformed about the trouble that we experienced in the province of Asia. A number of years ago, I was listening to Garrison Keillor 
He was a storyteller from Minnesota, and Garrison Keillor was in some controversy a few years ago. And I'm not a cancel culture kind of guy. If you made a mistake 20 years ago, I'm not going to hang it over your head for the rest of your life. I'm just not that guy because how many have ever made some mistakes and said some things and did some things you wish you hadn't done? Just raise your hand right now if you're in that category. And God's grace is on us and we're growing and we're changing. So I still listen to Garrison Keillor and I, I think he's learned his lesson, whatever he went through. But anyhow, he's tell this story. He tells these fictional stories about this imaginary place in uh, Minnesota called Lake Wobegon. And he was talking one day, telling this fictional story about, you know, this uh, phone booth on Main Street in Lake Wobegon. How many remember phone booths? How many remember phone booths before we all had cell phones? I remember having to put a quarter in a phone booth to make a phone call. How many remember that? That's amazing. So uh, he said there was this phone booth on uh, Main Street in Lake Wobegon, and people would walk by it, and it would just randomly ring, and there would be, you know, the phone would ring, and you'd answer the phone, and there would be this grobbly voice on the other line saying something to you. And like one guy was trying to start his car, and he, he couldn't get his car started. He got his car. He's walking down the sidewalk, walks by the phone booth, and the phone rings, and he picks up the phone, and this grobbly voice says, you know, if you didn't pump the gas so much, you wouldn't flood the car. And then he said another guy was walking by one day, had plaid pants on, and, uh, and the phone rang, and he picked up the phone, and the grobbly voice said, you know, plaid pants don't look so good on you. And then one day, Garrison Keillor said he was walking by, walking by the phone booth, and this is his fictional story. He's walking by the phone booth, and the phone rings, and he picks up the phone, and this voice says... It's not that bad, and besides, you're not the only one. It's not that bad, and besides, you're not the only one. Hey, listen, I want you to know that you are not the only one that goes through a hard time. Paul said, I don't want you to be uninformed about the problems that we had, we had in the province of Asia. Now, when you, if you went around this room this morning, and you crossed the aisle, you shook some hands, you had some conversations, and if you listen to everybody's story, everybody here this morning has a story. Everybody this morning has something going on in their life, and there's something that they wish was different about their life. I could ask you to raise your hand if there was something that you are dealing with right now, and almost every single one of you would raise your hand and say, Pastor Danny, there's something, there's some trouble in my life. Now, the second thing that Paul says, he says, we, which means everyone has trouble, and everybody say it with me, everybody has trouble, not just me. One more time, everybody has trouble, not just me. One more time, everybody has trouble, not just me. It's not that bad, and besides, you're not the only one. Just remember that. That's a good thing to remember. Second thing he says here is, I don't want you to be uninformed about the troubles, the troubles we had in the province of Asia. He didn't say trouble. He said troubles. He said there is more than one trouble that they were experiencing. Now, we don't know exactly what it was. We don't have time to go into the the historical part of this passage, why, what he's talking about, scholars really don't know. But what we do know is that Paul is talking about troubles. He's talking about multiple things 
that was going on in his life. Multiple things that was going on in his life. You know what a good week is? A good week is, is when you have trouble. A normal week is when you have troubles. And what I've discovered is there is this sense when, when you go through life that many times there's a cluster, a cluster of troubles that simultaneously come into your life. I wish life were like a baseball game, you know, where you are standing up there and there's one pitcher standing on the mound and he's got one baseball and you're standing there in the batter's box and he's throwing one ball at you. But what life is really like for some of us is that there are 15 baseball pitchers standing up there at one time during the windup and they're throwing the ball at the same time and you got 15 things coming at you at one time. How many have ever had more than one thing happen to you at a, at a given time? More than one thing. There's a, there's sometimes there's this clustering of trouble that comes our way. Uh, there was a book of Job has this really interesting thing to say. Uh, Job is, says this in chapter 1 of Job. Uh, Job is this great guy. You know, he loves the Lord. He's righteous. He's godly. And Job chapter 1 gives you this sequence of things that happen in Job's life. Verse 13 says, Job 1.13, One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. So his, all of his donkeys were, uh, you know, uh, stolen. And, and the report comes from the servant. And here, look what it says in verse uh, 15. While he was still speaking, while he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servant. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Verse 17. While he was still speaking, another messenger came. The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one left to escape to tell you. Verse 18, while he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Verse 20, uh, then, he, then Job fell to the ground in worship. He said, Naked I came into the womb, uh, and naked I depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. So when you read Job's story... What really gets me is he gets, these, he gets this, this uh, forbidding news and he's trying to digest it. And as he listens to this report, while he's still hearing the report, another messenger comes. And then they tell him this foreboding news. And then another messenger comes. So there's this, like Job is constantly caught off guard by these different things. And it's not one thing. But it's multiple things, and Job is under the gun, and yet he still, he still worshiped the Lord. So I want to talk to you this morning a little bit about what to do when you're under the gun. What to do when you're under the gun. And I'm going to give you a couple things here that I think uh, will be helpful. What to do when you're under the gun. And here it is, the first one. 
The first one is, number one, uh, realize what you're going through is temporary. We're going to put this on the screen. Realize what you're going through is temporary. When you're going through a hard time, you need to remember and tell yourself that this is not forever. This is not forever. When you're like in a, uh, in a vortex of uh, trouble or difficulty, you sort of have this mindset that this is going to be my life. And that's not at all the case. Here's what it says in 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 5, 1 uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 6, he said, Peter's talking to people that are going through persecution, going through difficulty. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. Everybody say little while. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. So every trial, every season of trouble, every period of difficulty has an expiration date on it and uh, all your uh, everything is is temporary that you go through I don't know if you've ever driven across the Bay Bridge Tunnel on the way to Virginia Beach Uh, when you go across that tunnel or that Bay Bridge I think it's like seven miles long or whatever how many know you got those you got those tunnels that you go through got those tunnels you go through and you're going across there and Karen hates to drive across that bridge and you're kind of bouncing up and down and uh, then you go through those tunnels with those weird lights and when you go through the tunnel you know you're in that tunnel for a while and then you come out on the other side and when you go through a difficulty when you go through a hard time and when you're under the gun when things you're in a, this unique season of life like Job was in, Job was in this unique time in his life. If you read the whole book of Job, at the end of the book of Job, you know, he, got, he was completely restored. He was prosperous and blessed. He got back twice as much as he lost. But in this season of his life, he was going through a difficulty. And he was going through some, some difficulty. But that, if you read the book of Job, you, you see this... this uh, this progression, he goes through that. It's a time of darkness. He's in the tunnel. He's in that tunnel for a while, and then he comes out on the other side, and as he comes out on the other side, he comes in the sunshine. So when you're going through a hard time, you have to tell yourself, this is not forever. This is not forever. Everybody say, this is not forever. Say it one more time. This is not forever. Go through the tunnel and come out on the other side. And you've heard the, the old uh, story of the, uh, the old country preacher was asked what his favorite verse in the Bible was. And he said, my favorite verse in the Bible is it came to pass. It came to pass. Everything came to pass. So that's the first thing you tell yourself. Uh, it is not forever. And so that's important. Second thing is uh, take things a day at a time. Take things a day at a time. Take things at a day at a time. So when, you, when you're going through a hard time or you're under the gun, you may have a tendency to say to yourself, you know, uh, gee, I mean, uh, you just, you're projecting into the future, wondering what you're going to do. What are you going to do in the future? And, you know, one of the things that we don't have grace for is we don't have grace for non-existent time. Non-existent time. Non-existent time is, is the past you can't do anything about the past. Next week, we're going to be talking about what to do when you're under the gun because of something you've done. And uh, when you live in non-existent time, 
when you're thinking about the past or you're thinking about the future, you're constantly fixated on what if world, what if this happens, what if that happens, you have no grace for those two time periods. The only thing that God gives you grace for is this day. He gives you grace for this day. And you have to say to yourself, Lord, I don't know what's coming tomorrow. I don't know what's coming the next day. Uh, but I know that this is the day you've made. You created me in this place. You put me in this day, and you've given me grace for this day. You're going to help me for this day. Now, when you think about uh, the, uh, the Old Testament, there's this thing in the Old Testament when, when the children of Israel were crossing the wilderness. They were in the wilderness for all that period of time. Uh, and, 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 and the Lord gave them manna gave them manna to feed them. And this coriander seed or this manna came down from heaven. And here's the thing about manna. Exodus chapter 16, you can read all about manna. Uh, it's interesting, manna, the word means what is it? What is it? They saw it, what is it? You know, they didn't know what it was. Uh, so uh, manna came down every day. Now here's the thing. The deal was the Lord says you have to gather it every day. You can't like, you know, if, if you like, like me, I like to plan ahead and I like to get things done ahead of time. So you couldn't gather manna for three or four days and get it all stored up so you didn't have to get up the next morning. You know, if you did that, there would be maggots and worms in the manna. So what you had to do was you had to get the manna every day. Every day, God gave them just enough manna for that day. So when you think, and remember the Lord's Prayer, our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in earth, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. So you have to say, Lord, give me grace for today. I can't worry about next month. I can't worry about uh, the next, uh, uh, next uh, year. I'm going to, I'm gonna, you know, you, you plan, of course. You don't want to be irresponsible. But as far as how you live your life, you have to live that a day at a time. When you're under the gun, you can't say, I, I can't do this three more months. I can't do this four more months. I can't be alone this amount of time. I've gotta, you've got to think about this day. I, I had lunch this week with a young man that's uh, not even 30 years old yet, that has cancer. And uh, loves the Lord. In fact, he's in ministry. And uh, he's been given one to five years to live. And he's newly married. And we had this... Uh, lunch together we talked and and he had such an amazing attitude he loves jesus he's walking with jesus he's serving the lord he loves his wife but he said it's been a year and they gave me one to five years he said but every day i'm going to get up and i'm going to serve the lord and i don't know if the lord's going to heal that guy or if the lord's going to take him to heaven but he's living with the grace for each day so when you're going through a hard time, it's so easy to project into the future, but all you have to do, you don't have to get through the next month. You don't have to get through the next three months. You don't have to get through the next six months or the next year. All you have to do is get through today. And you say, Lord, help me today. So you gather the manna, you gather the grace, and, uh, and he helps you with every day that you're going through. So that's the first thing is... Uh, Remember uh, that, that uh, realize what you're going through is temporary. Number two, take things a day at a time. And number three, uh, number three is this. I'll find it here in a minute. Remember 
that the Lord is with you. Remember that the Lord is with you. By the way, let me just uh, mention before I go to this point, you know what anxiety is? Anxiety, you know, there's a, uh, anxiety is our modern term for fear. You know, the Bible talks a lot about fear. The Bible does talk about anxiety, but fear and anxiety are basically the same thing. Uh, fear is, uh, fear is uh, false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. So when you're, you're, when you're filled with fear, you're looking at your circumstances and you're, and you're, and you're not seeing God in your circumstances and, you, and false evidence is appearing real and it's paralyzing you. So uh, anxiety is when you imagine the future, you imagine the future without God's presence being with you. You imagine the future without God's presence being with you. And so uh, remember uh, that the Lord is with you. Here's what it says in Isaiah 41.10. This is a great verse for you to memorize. Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear. So do not fear. Why should I fear? So do not fear, for I am with you. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. So do not fear. Why not fear? Because I am with you. So when you imagine, you imagine the future and you imagine what you're dealing with, what you have to do, anxiety comes from imagining an event in the future where you're soloing that event, where the Lord is not with you. Fear not, for I am with you. When fear knocks on your door, Never answer the door alone. Go to the door with the Lord. And Paul talks about uh, in uh, Timothy, there's a great verse, uh, verse, uh, 2 Timothy verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 16 says, uh, and this is about what happened in Ephesus. I can't, don't have time to go into the, uh, the explanation of it. 2 Timothy 4, 16, At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them, verse 17, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Now, I want you to just remember this. So when, you are, when you're under the gun, you're under pressure, uh, fear not for I am with you. And Paul said the Lord stood at my side. When you imagine the Lord being with you, when the Lord being with you, when you see yourself facing uh, that future, that difficulty, that challenge, that thing that's got you under the gun, when you see yourself going through that, you have to say, Lord, you are with me. You are with me. I want you just to hear that this morning for, for you personally. And when Paul, or not Paul, but when Isaiah said, fear not for I am with you, nor be dismayed, that means to be perplexed, for I am your God, for I am your God personally. God is with us, and he's personally our God. He's not generically some God of the universe. He's your God. He's your God in the situation that you are going through. So, uh, so that's the, the, the next thing. So let's go over these again. When you're under the gun, first of all, uh, remember, uh, remember that it won't last. We'll put that up there. Realize that you're going through what you're going through is temporary. Number two, the second one is take things a day at a time. And number three... Remember the Lord is with you. And then here's the, the next one. 
uh, is uh, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. It doesn't say don't drink wine. It says don't be drunk on wine. But it says here, you know, don't be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. So when people are under stress, when they're under the gun, what do they do when they're under the gun? What do people do when they're under the gun? You know, they go to substance abuses. You know, they may drink too much or they may uh, use some type of uh, drug stimulant, whatever. And Paul is saying when you're under the gun, when you're under the pressure of life, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit and let the Holy Spirit fill you. And when, when you have the, the Holy Spirit fill you, so you have, to, you have to take time in your life when you're... When you're going through a hard time and things are difficult, you've got to take time to uh, be with the Lord. Uh, our men's group is studying the book of Mark, and we were reading the other day about uh, how Jesus got up early. He was in Capernaum, and he got up early long before it was daybreak, and he had had a busy night of ministry before, and he went into a solitary place, and he was praying. He was getting filled with the Spirit. He was getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when you are under pressure, uh, remember, you know, pressure is, is more than you can bear. You need the Lord's help. So when you're under pressure, you need to be filled with the Spirit. The book of Ephesians here, Ephesians 5.18, in, in the present tense in the Greek, be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not like you got filled with the Holy Spirit at some meeting somewhere and somebody prayed for you and you had this great experience and that's the end of it. You know, when you get, you know, you should be and I should be constantly being filled with the spirit because when we're filled with the spirit and you got you got to you got to slow down you got to turn off your cell phone you got to turn off your ipad you got to turn off the tv you got to sit on the back deck or you got to take a walk you got to turn everything off and you got to get still and you got to let the lord fill you with his spirit and the lord to fill you with the holy with with his holy spirit and uh so just think about it this way. If, if you're filled with the Spirit, if I'm filled with the Spirit, and, and as Paul said, be ye being filled with the Spirit. If you're filled with the Spirit, then, uh, then you can handle the pressure of life. Like this water bottle is full of water. It's completely full. And if I try to squeeze this water bottle because it's full, the water bottle does not, does not uh, cave in. I mean, I'm squeezing as hard as I can. Now, maybe... You know, somebody else out there stronger and they could do it, they'd break this thing. But I'm squeezing as hard as I can with both hands. Because it's full, the pressure is not crushing the water bottle. But if you got a person that's, that's not really filled, filled with the Spirit and they're not, you know, they haven't, they've been so busy and life is so crazy and they're not, they're not reading the Word and they're not praying and they're not seeking the Lord and they're not, you know, getting still before the Lord and letting the Lord fill them with the Holy Spirit, when the pressure comes on that person because they're not filled, what happens? They're crushed. They're crushed under the pressure because they're not filled. And so Paul said, be ye filled, be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit. So when you squeeze this, it's not going to crush because it's full and it's completely filled up. And so um, let's, let's just say Ephesians 5.18. Let's put it on the, on the screen here. Ephesians 5.18 and let's just say it, say it with me. Do not get drunk 
on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So you got it. And the thing for what the Lord's really speaking to me about is getting still, getting still. I mean, you know, how many, you look at your phone the first thing you get up in the morning. I mean, that, it's right there by the bed. And, you know, uh, and when I wake up in the morning, that phone is right there. My iPad's right there. It's so easy to grab that. And just, you're just, we're just, people are just constantly thinking, constantly looking and all that. And we are not doing good in our culture of learning to turn things off, learning to get before the Lord empty, and letting the Lord fill us and be still. You know, when you go to, to Wawa or Royal Farms, how many are Wawa fans or Wawa fans? How many are Royal Farm people? Raise your hand. So I, I don't know. There's a big war about Royal Farms and Wawa. I'm a Wawa man myself. But, you know, I, when I get gas at Wawa, here's what I know. I know when I'm filling my truck up, my Toyota Tacoma pickup up, when I'm filling it up, the kind of truck that Jesus would drive if he was on the earth today, uh, I know i got to put it in park. That truck has to be still for me to fill it up. I mean, I don't ride by, and somebody doesn't spray it at it, you're trying to get, you know. You can't get filled with the Spirit when you're constantly moving. You got That's why Jesus went and he got alone early in the morning. He was still before his Father. His Father was filling him. So the ABCs of being filled with the Spirit, number one, uh, a, B, C's of uh, being filled with the Spirit. First of all, acknowledge that you need to be filled. Acknowledge that you need to be filled. Uh, that's A. Acknowledge that you need to be filled. So when you're going through a hard time and you're under the gun, Father, I need you to fill me. I am in trouble. I am over my head. This pressure is too much for me. I need you to fill me. Uh, acknowledge. Now, remember the story, I think it's Luke chapter 4. Uh, and it, it says Jesus is going through Jericho, and there was a blind man. The blind man was there at Jericho, and he heard that Jesus was passing by, and he asked, who is it going by? And they said, Jesus. <clears throat> and the blind man said, Son of David, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. He kept crying out, and they told him to be quiet. He kept crying out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And so finally Jesus called for him, and they bring the blind man to Jesus. He can't he can't see. They're leading him to Jesus, and he stands in front of Jesus. And what does Jesus say to him? What can I do for you? Well, duh, he's blind. I mean, this is a no-brainer right here. The man is blind. But he needed to acknowledge, Lord, I want to see. And when you are under the gun, you have to say, Lord, I am over my head. I need you to help me. I need you to fill me with the Spirit. And so you ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and you get still, you get still, you slow down, and you get still, and you say, Lord, I need to be filled with the Spirit. The B of being filled with the Holy Spirit is believe that he wants to fill you with the Spirit. It says in Luke chapter 11, it says, if, you ask, if a son asks his father for a fish, the father's not going to give him a snake. And if the father asked him for a, a piece of bread, the father's not going to give him a stone. And how much more, if you ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit, will he not give you the Holy Spirit? So we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to ask the Lord to fill us with the Holy Spirit. And the C means to conform, conform to God's will. God will never fill us with the Holy Spirit to do our own thing. He will fill us with the Spirit for his agenda, not for our agenda. 
So when you, here's how you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You get still, and then you, you acknowledge your need for the Holy Spirit, and then you believe that the Lord wants to give you his Holy Spirit in a fresh way, and see you surrender your will. Father, I may be way off in what I'm doing in my life. I may be all off the path. Lord, I want to get back on the path. I want, you to, I want your will to be done in my life. I want you to accomplish and achieve what you want to achieve in my life. And that means even while you're praying, however the Lord wants to speak through you, if he wants to speak through you in some supernatural way, you give yourself up to that. You can't be like a proud, educated person. I would never prophesy or speak in tongues. I would never do anything like that because that's undignified. Whatever, you yield to the Lord completely. Lord, you work through me however you want to work through me. I yield to you and I want your spirit to fill me so in order in order to under overcome being under the gun you need to be we need to be filled with the holy spirit last point last point let's go over the points again uh number one number one is realize that what you're going through is temporary just say it with me right now this is temporary uh number two take things a day at a time god gives you grace for a day at a time so don't think about the next 20 years uh, next thing, remember the Lord is with you. And uh, the next one is be filled with the Spirit. And here's the last one have fun regardless. Have fun regardless. Now, this is the most unspiritual point of the message. So, when you're in a crisis and you're under the gun, you know, you want to get filled with the Holy Spirit and all that. You want the Lord to help you, you want to trust the Lord. The Lord's with you. But when you are under the gun and things are bad and you're going through a hard time, it's important that you have fun, that you still have fun. It's not when you're in trouble, it's not the only thing going on in your life. There's other things going on in your life besides that ugly, troublesome stuff you're going through. There's other things in your life, and it's important for you to have some fun. So <clears throat> I, I went walking yesterday, walked three miles and had a little prayer time in the morning. And I love my job. I love what I do. I had a little bit of a challenging week this, this week. Some of it maybe was self-imposed, but I had, some, had a challenging week. And how many ever have a challenging week? You ever have a challenging week? So I'm, I want to go walk in and spend time with the Lord. And I want to get filled with the Spirit and all that. So I turn off everything. I don't have my phone on me. I'm not listening to music. I'm not listening to an audio book. I'm just walking and I'm talking with Jesus. And I had a little bit of a troublesome week. And I said, Lord, I need you to speak to me. I need to hear you. I need you to fill me. I need you to do something. Have you ever had that? Lord, I need you. I need you to do something. So I'm walking three miles talking to the Lord, praying. I said, Lord, say something to me. And I say something to me. And the Lord spoke to me. Here's what he said. He said, while I'm in this time of trouble, he says, enjoy your pole barn. Enjoy your pole barn. I'm getting a pole barn built this week. It starts Monday. And uh, I'm really excited about it. There's the lumber at my house and all that. I've been wanting a pole barn for a long time. And I, I tell you no lie. I'm not making this up. The Lord said, enjoy your pole barn. You know, sometimes when you're going through a hard time, you need to remember that there's some good things happening in your life. I want you to lift your hands with me right now. This is not the end of the sermon, so don't leave yet. Just lift your hands up. I want you to say, that, say this with me. Lord, there's some good stuff happening right now, and I'm going to enjoy that good stuff happening right now, even though I'm going through a hard time.
So, enjoy your pole born. I said, Lord, is that all you got to say to me? Is that all you got to say to me? He said, yep, enjoy your pole born. <laughs> because it came to pass. Whatever I'm going through came to pass. So what I do when I'm going through a hard time, I, I, love, uh, I love Starbucks uh, cappuccinos. I love them. I just love them. So when I'm going through a hard time, I go get me a Starbucks cappuccino. In fact, when I get done all my responsibility today, I'll be preaching today. I'm preaching now. And welcome lunch. I'm looking forward to meeting a wonderful group of people. When I get done, I'm going to go to Starbucks. I'm going to get a cappuccino. It's my version of a beer after work. That's what it is right there. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, and you're under the gun, it didn't come to last. The Lord's with you. He's working in your life. He's going to fill you with His Spirit. Lean on Him and remember that you can still have fun. You can still have fun. Would you lift your hands to the Lord and let the Holy Spirit minister to you right now? The Lord's just going to minister to you and help you right now. Some of you came today by divine appointment. You're here because you're under the gun. You've been under the gun for a while. And you've been just under it. And I want you to know the Lord has not forgotten you. He's not abandoned you. He's not forsaken you. And you may feel like Job. And you may feel like things aren't going so good. But you're going to come out of the tunnel. You're going to come out of the place of darkness. And you're going to come out into the sunshine. So, Father, we just thank you right now for the power of the Holy Spirit that's moving in our church, that you're speaking to people, that you're touching people, that you're changing people, that you are empowering people. We pray that we'll be a, a people collectively that are filled with the Spirit, filled with the divine presence of God, filled with the divine presence of the Lord, not just mind over matter, try to think better and have positive thoughts. That's just not enough. But we pray that we'll be filled with the Spirit. Filled with your Holy Spirit. Just bless us as we serve you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bayshore Podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore. It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be. You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.